This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, last week when you were talking about The Bachelorette, which is a show that you and your girlfriend Sarah have been watching together, uh, we had a couple of listeners say that they've been faithful to us for decades, but now that you're so into The Bachelorette and you insist on talking about it every week, they're never going to listen again. I Listen, I get it. I hated the show before I watched it too. I totally get it. But... It is unbelievable how crazy everybody is on this show. So are we not going to talk about it anymore? No, I'm doubling down. It's match. It crazy. <laughs> so the segment's now called Batch It Crazy. Batch It Crazy. Yeah. No. L- like the Batch Lorette and the Batch Lure. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like any of the romance stuff. I look away. I hate any of it. But when there is a train wreck. Ew, they're kissing. <laughs> Ew, look away. But there is a train wreck, and I've never watched The Bachelorette before, but I can assure you that this Bachelorette is the worst Bachelorette of all time. Um, she's the oldest, right? Yeah. I, last week, Tat, she's 39. She's been on The Bachelor or Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise, whatever variation, at least five times. And I'm starting to realize why she can't find a man. And last week I said that everybody, all the contestants, all the dudes are starting to hate her. Well, it's going into overtime here. Everybody is really getting sick of Claire is her name. First off, last week she made the guys do strip dodgeball to win date time with her. Uh One guy uh, who has a daughter at home is absolutely disgusted. And this guy, I mean, he seems like an idiot too. Uh, but he confronted her, and it got a little heated. But if my daughter saw me doing that, if my family saw me doing that, mm-hmm. like think of the thought they would have. Think of think of mm-hmm. think of the example that would be setting. A completely classless display. Mm-hmm. I expected a lot more from the oldest bachelorette that's ever been. I'm ashamed to be associated with you. I'm looking Claire. for someone to Claire, love. Like, love on. me. I'm hold looking on, for someone. I've listened to you no, 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 this no. entire no, time. No, stop. Do not stop. 20 I'm, minutes. And I'm not done yet. I asked you You know please. what? You are done. Stand by that. I would never want my children having a father like you. Get Believe out of here. Believe that you're not fit to be a mother to my child. You're completely classless, Claire. Are classless. you serious? Bro. Yo, calm down over there, man. You gotta chill out, dude. Bro. I expected way more from the oldest bachelorette <laughs> in history. Bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> to sit there and say you're the oldest bachelorette, guess what? I'm the oldest bachelorette that's 39 that's standing here that's single because I didn't settle for men like that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. But you know what? I think maybe oh, it is time to settle. Because these guys are all running here. And, you know, that guy is a douche, but even a broken douche is right twice a day, Taz. That that guy is getting mad at Claire because he had to play naked dodgeball on The Bachelorette. Has He he obviously has never watched the show either. That's he w- the kind of dumb stuff that they're always doing. And it was the producer's idea. Yeah. Don't get mad at Claire. By the, but he didn't even go on that date, so he didn't even have to play. He was disgusted that the other half of the group had to play. By the way, he's complaining about embarrassing himself in front of uh, his family. That's he the gets, point of the show. He gets kicked off. Guess what happens? All these inf- all this information leaks that he's been sending D-pics to random women on Instagram, videos of him tubing. And uh, so his family now obviously, obviously is embarrassed anyway. So, you know, it's the guy who protests the loudest is usually guilty of what he's 
pretending to hate on, right? Yeah. Being classless. What about our guy Blake? No, he's usually the front runner here. And like, he's been doing well. Blake from Hamilton, Ontario. Blake from Hamilton wasn't on this episode at all Uh. because basically Claire has already made up her mind and she's only wants one dude. His name is Dale. She's been spending all her time with him. I've never seen this show before, so I don't know if this is normal, but all the other guys are sitting around just getting drunk with each other and they're like, where is she? She's off with this Dale guy that none of them like. So now the next date contest they're always doing these stupid contests it's a roast right so they got to make fun of all the other contestants i don't think the the bachelorette understands how a roast works that's what makes a good joke is when you can still deliver it but not hurt somebody's feelings so she's expecting no feelings to be hurt (laughs) she's sorely disappointed because all these guys instead of making fun of each other just made fun of this dale guy nfl guy here dale dale Dale's a former NFL uh, player, by the way. NFL guy here, Dale. Dale, your last name's Moss, right? I think the only reason teams were signing you is because they thought Randy Moss was your dad. (laughs) What's one thing y'all don't know about Dale? (laughs) Nothing, because he doesn't shut the up. (laughs) Dang, they're taking a lot of digs at Dale. Like, is this something I need to be aware of? Is this something I need to... Dale. (laughs) Where, oh, where do I begin? Take your your time, Bennett. How long do you really think it's going to take Claire to figure out that you actually have no interest in her? Yeah, that wasn't even a joke. They all just just started getting super mean. It was entertaining. Claire Bachelorette, she took it very personally because she's only interested in this guy. And she calls, so much so that she's only interested in this guy that she actually is starting to call him her. Her fiance. Oh my god! And usually when these when these dates happen, you give one guy the rose, the standout from the date. She was so upset that they were making fun of quote her fiance that she gave nobody the rose, and she ended up giving it to herself. She's the worst. I really don't think I can sit there and go, "You've dished on my fiance so hard, like, like I can't be doing that." You know, like it doesn't feel right. It's not okay. Claire, thank you for showing up tonight. I just want to let you know... Is she talking to herself? ...that I'm so proud of you for being bold, saying how you feel, speaking up, living your truth, and showing up for me. <laughs> you, tonight, deserve this rose. So there's 20 guys left. She only wants the one guy. And All Jim, these... I'm really not that interested in how many guys are left. No, but I'm so I'm saying she's already decided, and the show's like only three episodes in. They're supposed to be like... I just want to know what the heck's going on with our, our guy Blake. But I'm... you don't think he's going to win now. He's getting drunk with all the other guys, and now they're talking about just walking off the show. So that's how the episode ended. So all the guys are <laughs> bailing on Claire. So I think that's what's going to happen, and they're going to replace her with somebody else. They're teasing this other girl who's super hot is going to come on the show and replace Claire. Because everybody hates her. She's a dud. Yeah. So we're rooting for Blake from Hamilton for getting the good the good one, the next one. Because yeah. this girl is an absolute write-off. <laughs> Are they gonna call the like change the name of the show to Bachelorette Sloppy Second? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, but for now we're just gonna call it Batch It Crazy. It's Batch It Crazy. You wanted to comment on on Jim Kelly. Talking about the Bachelorette or whatever it was uh, on the TV that he's watching now. Yeah. I, everyone else, every one of your listeners that messaged in saying that they, they're just going to stop listening to the show because Jim's talking about it. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite way and say, I don't have time to watch the show nor the patience. 
But hearing Jim talk about the train wreck that is that, I definitely want to hear about that. So good on you, Jim. Keep going. So you're not going to watch the show, but you're okay with a couple minutes once a week to, to listen to get a little recap. Oh, yeah, I don't mind that because it's hilarious to listen to that. Like, that just sounds ridiculous, but it was, I was laughing the whole time listening to Jim talk about it. Yeah, but the show's like an hour. Sometimes it's two hours for an, oh, an episode. Where You're not going to sit through that. Oh, no, I don't, I don't have the time nor the interest during the week to watch something like that because reality TV to me is not reality. Uh-huh. But listening to Jim talk about it and explain it like that, like that's, I, I'll listen to that. That's hilarious. It's always fun to listen to somebody talk about uh a topic that they're very passionate about. Oh, and for sure. Like, Jim sounds like he's into it. He is. He is 100% a Bachelorette super fan at this point. <laughs> well, good on him. Keep going. <laughs> to listen to that. Some validation for you. There, Jim. <laughs> uh, some texts saying the opposite. Jim, son, time to hand in your man card. <laughs> Another guy says, when my wife watches The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I leave the room. I guess now I have to leave my car while it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> Tuck and roll. Hey, I only started watching because there was a guy in Hamilton on the show. No, Jim, you became obsessed with Bachelor in Paradise. That was the little gateway drug to this Bachelorette thing. Also, your girlfriend Sarah lives with you now, mm-hmm. and this is what happens. True, I I know, but I will. I promise I'll stop reporting on it once. There, there's more love than hate going on. Like I only what, like it because is, there's so much hatred. This going is on. how addicts always talk. They find a way to justify their <laughs> addiction. You know, just one more time. Okay, well, after this weekend, I'm never gonna drink again. After mm-hmm. this weekend, I'm never gonna watch The Bachelorette again. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I am. I hate it because now I'm. Kind of curious to find out what happens to this crazy bachelorette as right? well. But I think she's you're gonna... the one who introduced this into my life. I'm sorry. I'm so, she's been on the bachelor now six <laughs> times, and I think she's going to die alone. It's it's crazy. Well, she's talking about having kids, and I'm not trying to be mean here, but she's almost forty, and she's talking about one of these guys possibly being the mo- the father of her children. Yeah. The clock's ticking here. And the guy that she's really into is 30. He's a he's a former NFL football player and a model. So like, he's probably just on the show to promote himself. But guess what type of model he is, Taz? Hand. He's a Halloween costume model. <laughs> you know when you go into the store and it's like on the front of the bag that you buy? He's that yeah. guy. There's one of... I've always wondered who those people are. <laughs> it's that guy. He's a Halloween bag costume model. Specifically, he doesn't do anything but Halloween costumes. That's all that people have dug up for his modeling career. And there's one, and it's just like him wearing a poncho and a sombrero. <laughs> That's your father. <laughs> That's the father of my future children. Is it too early, Jim, do you think, to get the ghost stories going already? No, it's still dark. It's perfect. Yeah, okay. Halloween coming up in a couple days. Uh, we asked you guys if you've ha- ever had an encounter with ghosts yesterday, and we still have people calling in here like Steve, who's on the phone. Uh, you had a run-in with a ghost out west, right? Uh, I, uh, I've had some uh, couple of crazy ghostly experiences when I was out west, and I thought I might enlighten the crowd. Yeah, okay. Uh, tell us uh, where you were and what happened. I ended up getting an interview right away and ended up staying in Edmonton, well, Mormonville, just outside of North Edmonton, for five years. I started looking for this apartment. Okay. I moved into this old Catholic nuns convent that Uh had been... 
developed and put into these really nice apartments. Well, yeah, it sounds this. Now we're getting into a story that sounds like the start of a horror movie. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a horror movie, all right. So it turns out that uh, when I got off work one day, the regular guy, this buddy of mine, right, who drove me home every day, he drove me to my new apartment. It was the first time he drove me home, and uh, he told me, I can't go in there, Steve. I said, well, what, what, what do you mean? What's going on? He says, there's no way I'm going in there. That place is haunted. I said, what are you talking about? I just moved in here. He says, uh, I, I, I was in the, one time I was in the basement, and something went on, and there was everything came off the walls and was floating around the room, and things started flying across the room, and I ran out of that building as fast as I could, and I, I vowed I'd never go back in there. The whole town knows that it's, it's haunted, Steve. I'm like, come on, you're kidding me. Did you sign a lease? He wouldn't come in with me. Of course I did. So you were stuck there. These apartments. Yeah, I'm stuck there, but I wasn't scared. I I have to see it for myself to to know that it happened. You know what I mean? Sure. These were the nicest apartments in anywhere, in all of Edmonton even. The guy did such an amazing job building that nobody ever left there. I got the only apartment that was left. It was a little wee dinky bachelor because nobody wanted it. I was there one year. I was there two years. Nothing happens. There's no activity, no nothing. I can't understand what's going on. I think Wright's lying to me. All of a sudden, three people move off of my floor. These three young women move in with all different stories. One had just left a 35-year-old marriage. One just got left in a Canadian army. She was, and another woman had escaped war-torn Yugoslavia with her two kids by foot. And they all ended up on my floor. All of a sudden, the ghost activity started. One night, I'm laying in bed to go to sleep early. I worked very early, and it's 9 o'clock. I'm not drunk. I wasn't stoned. I'm sitting there sober. I'm an insomniac. And this thing came through my wall and sped across my room. It was like a, it was like invincible, but I could, I could everything on my walls moved. I had these big windows with blinds. They all moved. The apartment got really freaking cold, and it went right through my cupboards and through the wall and was gone. What so did it fast, look like? I was like, what the? It was, it was clear. I could just see it. it looks like a like a it looked like a cloud. It looked like I mean I knew it was a ghost. I'm not stupid. I knew what I <laughs> yeah. Of but course, it's a ghost. I was like, well, I, I'm like, how could I be here for two years and I never see this and now this is happening? You're not stupid. So I couldn't really understand that. So I talked to Wright at the next day at work and he said, well, you know, Steve, you haven't seen nothing because all these ghosts live in the basement mostly and you know they don't really come up to these other floors. And I said, well, who are they? Who are they? Why are they there? And you know what I found out. They were all children. It was a school for runaway girls, and then it was a school, a regular school, and then it was a regular school for boys and girls. And there was many, many children, and they were all haunting the place, and they were not happy. They're evil. Well, what had happened is this woman who moved in, she was on the other side of the elevator shaft for me. The ghost had gone through my building to go around the elevator shaft and get at her because he was haunting her. It was a demon, and he was physically haunting her. Okay, Steve, so at what point do you move out of the apartment? When I quit my, when I left my job at uh, Champion Pet Foods is when I left. I stayed three years there. Well, and I good never for you, Steve. After. I would have been gone out the next day. It was pretty amazing. I, I'm big fans of you guys. This is really awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing the story with us, Steve. You know, I, you know I'm a skeptic, but like, people swear that they saw these things. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, you're not buying it. Yeah, it, it was nice that the ghost was just passing through. Excuse me, I, I'm not haunting you. I'm trying to get to the apartment next door. Yeah, the the just, woman who just moved in there. Interested in the Yugoslavian refugee? <laughs> Don't mind me. Passing through. Yep. <laughs>
<laughs> Steve, he can't move out. They're the nicest apartments in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, nuns keep things tidy. Ghost stories. We're getting tons of them, man. I'm shocked with the number of people who have had encounters. Mike, what do you have? Scary stories of my house I used to live in. Yeah, Mike in Waterford. What's your story? There was four or five instances when things went bump in the night. One day I was sitting on the couch, and I followed the little orb for about three minutes bouncing off the wall, and then... Another time, somebody was walking down the stairs when there was nobody in the house. The third time was I sitting on the bed getting dressed, and the, nobody was home again, and the seat beside me was warm like somebody was just sitting there. The fourth time, the lady we bought the house from, she said, oh, there's a, a ghost dog. And all of a sudden, <laughs> three days later, there was a puddle of, uh, we're renovating, and there was a puddle of, liquid in the middle of a room where there was no pipes leaking or anything like that and the final one is i was sleeping rolled over woke up and there was an old guy in a 1940s double-breasted suit standing at the end of the bed and i thought okay i'm dreaming so i gave my head a shake and a little pinch I looked again, and he was still there. Come on. You got a ghost dog peeing on the floor, (laughs) and an old-timey guy standing at the end of your bed. Did you sell the house and move? No, the the ex-wife got the house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your wife getting the house and the divorce is the scariest part of the story. (laughs) Oh, my ass is still ringing, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) About an hour ago on the show, we gave a kudos to a guy named Andrew Voss. He's from Colorado, and he just beat the world record for fastest mile while pushing a child in a stroller. And I thought that was cool because, you know, the kid's involved, you know. It's something you can do with your children. As a father, I'm always looking for things I can do with my kids. I'm not going to be running a mile (laughs) and beating his time. But it's just fun that 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 feat with his kids will be immortalized in the Guinness Book. Mm Mm-hmm. So we congratulated him. We said uh, kudos. Got a message from a Taz and Jim listener, Jeff Campbell. He's like, guys, what are you doing congratulating the guy in Colorado? When you have a world-class stroller pusher in the Taz and Jim listening area, his name's Austin Corvin, and he joins us right now. Good morning, Austin. Good morning. How are you doing, Taz and Jim? Good to, good to hear from you. Yeah. So where are you, Milton, Ontario? Yeah, I'm in Milton, so yeah, just uh, north of you. And you have broken a Guinness World Record that involves pushing a stroller. Tell what? us about it. I did. So in um, September, September we ran uh, the Keeping the Distance uh, 10K, which uh, we held in Milton um, within uh, the social distancing protocols, and we ran uh, pushing my kids, Dagny and Griffin, we ran uh, 36.06 10K. You ran so 10K, uh, so this was a long distance. I guess, well, you can say long. Well, longer than a mile. <laughs> yeah, longer than a mile. So, yeah, we uh, ran uh, um, that as the 10K and submitted our documents, so we're, we're waiting to hear back from um, Guinness. The time we had to beat was 45, so we're... Well, you smashed it. So we'll, yeah, yeah. It was, 3605 was your time? Uh, 3606. That's, 3606. That's so fast. Taz, we ran a 5K once together, and it took us 32 minutes. That's a 5K. <laughs> no babies. 
You had two. <laughs> this guy in Colorado was only pushing one kid, and he chose his younger kid uh, <laughs> because of the weight. The kid would be lighter. But you had how old were your children? Uh, my daughter's four, and my son's uh, eighteen months. Dude. You should. This guy's record is not going to hold here. You got to get back <laughs> yeah. out there. Well, first, first kudos to him. I think that like one of the things that's really cool is stroller running. So um, we've got there's another Canadian, uh, Callum Neff, who's ran a thirty a two thirty one marathon pushing a kid. He also had the the half marathon record with another kid, and then he had a ten k single. So there's like a lot of these stroller records. And the mm. cool thing right now is with everybody out there running. People are finding different ways, incorporating their families into it. So we've got, like, in the, since 2019, 2020, there's a lot of these cool stroller records that are being broken. So, you know, that's awesome that, uh, that the guy in Colorado did it. Um, you know, like I said, speaking with you a little bit earlier, I, I the next week I thought, oh, how fast can I run a mile? And I, I was able to push them pretty quick in a, in a mile, to, I think, to contend for his record. But I think mine's going to be broken within the year. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's all about, like, you know, well, you just say you think stroller pushing, stroller running is becoming a... Stroller running is the new thing. <laughs> it's so you hot right it now. Yeah. Taz, you, you, you got to so add hard. on to it. Just add another layer. Like, you push your, your kid, but also drink six beers yeah. while you go 10K. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. How do you get your kids to behave for half an hour? <laughs> Well, there's it because I know, you know I take my kids for a walk and they're whining after ten minutes. Daddy, you, it's too cold. I want to go home. I'm hungry. Yeah, uh, bribing with snacks is a good thing, but also, um, like when you're so the stroller we've got is pretty low center of gravity, and and once you get going fast, they love it. Like they they um, they love races. They call it, my daughter calls it running with all the people. Um, so she loves being in there and and having people cheering and even going you know around Milton. We've got the multi-use laneways like. Yeah, because it's awesome with the Halton region. So getting out, it's safe to run. You see uh, bikers and so well, maybe that's the problem. My my kids have never experienced anything more than a brisk walk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we're going down a hill, occasionally I'll accidentally jog. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, imagine your stroller doesn't have brakes. <laughs> no. So you got brakes? Like you got a bike brake? Like, like the little I hand do. brake on? I I've got, I, I, in fact, I've had two strollers, one a single and a double, and uh, they both have disc brakes. So that's the other thing is stroller, um, strollers have taken a turn. There's some pretty high-performance strollers out there now. So. Oh, yeah. You're a great ambassador for the sport. <laughs> Stroller pushing. <laughs> Can't wait to see it in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they give they give the the parent a medal and they give the kids a little tiny medal. That'd be so cute. Yeah, some people are telling me so. I've, I've got a kind of history of, of second places. So I've, I've ran like a second place in the Niagara 10K a couple of years, and then in this race, actually, a guy uh, ran first. And um, I say people tell people I came in second, but they're like, no, 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 you're fourth. <laughs> That's right. Your kids were in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taz and Jim, who's this? It's Jen. What's going on? Oh, not much, Jen. What can we do for you? Well, I'm just calling because I have two little girls that we drive to school every morning and we listen to you. Yeah. And they absolutely love you and they wanted to say hi. Okay. Sure. Say hi. Say hi. 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 <laughs> and the greatest thing is my oldest daughter had to do a biography yesterday in class and she had to pick um, out of a list of the 100 most famous Canadians. Uh-huh. So she's looking, she's looking at the list, and she says to her teacher, um, 
Why is Taz and Jim not on the list? <laughs> <laughs> and we're a couple notches down from Terry Fox, I believe, but we're we're right? somewhere on there, aren't we? <laughs> How awesome is that? I was like, that's the best. We gotta call them. Uh, what are your daughter's names? Um, Piper and Paige. Piper and Paige. Yeah, right, Paige? Yeah. Yeah, so she was pretty disappointed. <laughs> Pipe, thank you so much. That is probably the highlight of my career, the fact that you asked that question to your, your teacher in class. You're welcome. Yeah. So who did you yeah. end up doing the project on, Pipe? The author of Anna Green Gables. Oh, uh, yeah. That Anna yeah. Green Gables thing has been around for a while. They're really milking that book, aren't they? <laughs> CBC yeah. makes a new Anna Green Gables every five years. <laughs> Right? <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Well, just a shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome in the morning. So we just wanted to let you know that. Hey, shout out to Piper, Paige, and Jen, our favorite yeah. ladies. Okay. Happy they're, Halloween. They're, yeah, same to you guys. Take care. Thanks. I wonder where we would be on the list, Jim. Not even top 1,000. 10,000 range? 25,000? There's not that many Canadian celebs. I don't know if I could name 100, Canadians. to be honest. Um, the whole cast of Letterkenny. Let's get that going. Yeah. SCTV. Yeah. Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers. There'd be a pretty solid top 100, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there'd be 100 good ones. Those hilarious actors are filling up. Yeah, we're, we're way down. I'm thinking we might be in, like, six digits. We might be in the 100,000 range. <laughs> But to one special girl, we are up there. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People have been celebrating Halloween every year of their lives up to this point. They want to do something to celebrate this year, although they may not feel safe going out and trick-or-treating or or doing stuff like that. But something you can always do is put up decorations on your house, right, Jim? You'd think. Yeah. You can put up decorations, uh, make your, your place look as spooky as possible. I always loved the houses that went overboard and there'd be a guy, some jokester, pretending to be a dummy sitting on the front porch. Classic. You know, you'd be distracted by all the, the ghouls and goblins hanging in the, in the trees in the front yard and you'd be looking around and you wouldn't notice it was a real guy. Yeah. You reach for that candy bowl and he, Yeah. When it's the, when the candy bowl's sitting on his lap. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of creepy, actually. That's probably not allowed anymore. Yeah, don't put the candy bowl on your lap, especially not during a pandemic. <laughs> uh, but you can go too far, apparently. There's uh, there's some uh, stories I've seen about people getting the cops called because they went a little too violent, a little too realistic looking with their Halloween decorations. Yeah, yeah. I saw an article from uh, Lad Bible, and it was a, it was a guy who was a city councilor, actually, in England, and uh, he got an email randomly, and it said, Although I respect your opinion to celebrate Halloween, I'm sorry to say that I hold a different opinion. It is my belief that the Halloween celebrations are detrimental to the mental health of um, many people, in particular of children and the vulnerable. There are more than enough things happening in the world to scare people without adding to it with the spectrum of ghosts and witches. <laughs> I would respectfully ask that you take down the display as soon as possible. It's important that we promote a message of hope and not a message of fear. I, I kind of get it. Like I'm looking at a picture. This one's from Dallas. 
Dallas, Texas. A guy has had the cops called multiple times on his Halloween decorations. So in front of his house, he's made it look like on the roof there's someone who's been stabbed in the back. Blood everywhere. Another dummy is lying on the sidewalk. It looks like a safe was dropped from the second floor onto the head of this dummy. Oh, that's just funny comedy. And then another one of the uh, the dummies was trying to escape, uh, got a chainsaw to the back. There's a couple bodies that look like they're they're duct taped up in some garbage bags, and then just a wheelbarrow full of random limbs, <laughs> blood everywhere. You know, hmm. and this guy's complaining because the cops have been called multiple times. Well, yes, it looks like a murder scene, big time. There's yeah. no pumpkins. There's no pumpkins, there's no skeletons, there's nothing to indicate <laughs> that it's a Halloween uh, display other than the blood. I, I do want to call people, you know, whatever, snowflakes for being upset about it, but there has to be a line, right? Well, if your family had been murdered by a chainsaw guy and you walked past that, it probably would bring some bad memories back. And we all have a friend who's gone through that. Uh, we should know better at this point. Here's another good one. A woman near Houston, another Texas story has gotten into it with her neighbors because she put up some skeletons that were doing some pole dancing. I was a little sad and I thought, okay, I'm just going to take it down. I'm going to comply and I'm going to take it down and just not do this anymore. But then I got so much support off of Facebook and I said, forget it. People are having so much fun with this and they love it. I'm going to continue to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the pole dancing skeletons are staying up, despite mm. what the homeowners homeowners association in her neighborhoods had to say. <laughs> it is weird, you know. I, I whatever. It's your law. Do whatever you want, and I think people should uh, not be so uptight. But it is weird that you care more about what people who live somewhere else, randomly across the country, maybe in a different country, care about your 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 property more than your neighbors. You know, shouldn't that be more important? I think the neighbors were just worried they might get a bone. <laughs> Walking past her house. Yeah, it's too tempting. Those, those sexy skeletons. <laughs> All these old guys are throwing dollar bills at it. <laughs> this is this could be uh like world changing news here. Okay. This, this is this could be the biggest segment we've ever done on the show. One of our listeners claims to have audio evidence that ghosts exist. He has sent us the audio. We haven't listened to it yet. We wanted to get the story first from Ty, who joins us. Good morning, Ty. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Pretty good, man. Uh, we're glad you're okay. It sounds like you had a pretty scary experience here. Why don't you tell us exactly what happened? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I'd say roughly 10 years ago or so, I worked for a small wholesaler in Brantford. And um, I was called one night from the security company. They were, they were saying that there was uh, a break-in that was happening, and they they played the audio over the phone to me, and it, it sounded pretty um, aggressive and violent. And they asked if uh, they should dispatch the police, and I said, yeah, absolutely, and I'll meet them there. So I drove over there, and the uh, police were already on site, and they kind of did their surveying, and they said, listen, um, no doors are open, no windows are broken, it doesn't appear to be a break-in. So I thought that was pretty uh, interesting. Given no sign of forced entry. Nothing, nothing at all. So um, I just maybe assumed maybe a shelf broke or a ladder fell over. It's not a very large store. It's like I said, it's a small 
next week or so, like a bunch of us just really scoped out the place and checked down little aisles. Like I said, it's not a very big place. It's not like a big department store. And uh, there was nothing out of place. And No animals? Could it have been like a, a bat or a bird got in there? Mouse? Absolutely not, no. Um, and when you listen to the audio, you can hear uh, things crashing on the ground. The very beginning, you can almost hear like something being thrown in the air. Uh-huh. Um, there's two separate recordings. You hear the first one, you hear a beep, and then you hear another one. And the way the uh, security system worked there is unfortunately we didn't have cameras, but mm. when there's motion within the, the store, um, the security system would start recording audio. And was there a big mess? Like when you went inside, was there a big mess in the shop? Absolutely nothing out of place. There was nothing. Okay, there's nothing out of place. No. You couldn't figure out what had made this noise, but definitely in this audio recording, we're going to hear yeah. a noise. Absolutely. Do we have to listen carefully? Well, it's, it's, it's pretty loud. Just, uh, just play and you'll see. It's, okay. No, nothing makes sense here. Here is the audio. Whoa. That was pretty loud. <laughs> now, if you keep it, it sounds like a ladder falling over or something, right? If you keep listening to the audio, you're going to hear a beep. Yeah. And then it picks up a second recording, so there was more action afterwards. Okay. Now let's hear the whole thing then. Come on. You're telling me there was no glass bottles or cans or metal that had fallen on the floor? Absolutely nothing. Like that we, that smells like, sounds like a small metal pipe fell. It does. Like, we thought maybe a shelf broke and maybe fasteners hit the ground or something. We looked everywhere. There was nothing out of place, not a single thing on the floor. I was hoping for it was going to be a little more ghosty, like, clang, clang, oops. yeah there's no voices or anything i don't know if this is conclusive evidence but it's definitely weird because Mm -hmm. so the beep is whenever there's movement the the recording starts right so it went off once and then it went off a second time with more noise yeah that sounds like it could be like the ghost flying like swooping swooping (laughs) past something And then the camera stops and starts again a little bit later. Like that one, it sounds yeah. like somebody threw a recycling bin down the stairs. Yeah, it sounds very tinny. Something scattering on the floor or something. Hmm. And after that, were there any more incidents where people got freaked out at work? There was actually a lot at this place. Um, a good friend of mine who had worked there, uh, him and another uh, woman who were working claimed to have seen somebody walking in the in the warehouse down an aisle, and the aisle was a dead-end aisle. And when they both came out, they caught each other's eyes, and they said, did you, did you see that? Who's back here? And they went to that aisle, which was a dead-end aisle, and there was nobody there. Oh, man. It's a ghost, Karen, looking for the manager. (laughs) Ty, happy Halloween, buddy. Thanks, guys. Take care, man. 
Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.